This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Norwich nil, Liverpool 3. Routine for the Reds as round four awaits in the Carabao Cup. Guy Clark here. Welcome along to the post-game podcast as we bring you reaction to a second successive 3-0 win for Liverpool. Coming up, we'll be hearing from Jurgen Klopp's press conference as well as a number of our regular Reds. As ever though, first up, we head to Carrow Road this evening and to the Echo's Liverpool correspondent, Paul Gorst. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Liverpool are comfortably into the fourth round of the Carabao Cup after a 3-0 win here against Norwich at Carrow Road. Uh, two goals from Takumi Minamino, either side of a Bivak Origi header means that the Reds uh, comfortably into the next round um, on a night when Klopp made uh, as many as nine changes. Uh, debut for Conor Bradley at right back, uh, debut for Kyde Gordon on the right side of the attack. Um, Takumi Minamino, as I say, Divock Origi. Ibrahim Akanate kept his place alongside the impressive Kostas Simakas, um, he claimed. Almost a couple of assists, certainly one for the second one for Origi's header, but uh, he departed uh, just after the hour mark to a standard ovation from the Reds fans over uh, my shoulder here. Um, and it was duly deserved. The Reds seem to have a bit of a new cult hero on the hands in the Greek left back. He has proven um, quite often this season already that there needs to be no over reliance on Andy Robertson at left back. Um, Trent Alexander Arnold, of course, still the main man on the right side, but Connor Bradley, um, he excelled. At right back, um, the first Northern Irishman to play in Liverpool's first team, would you believe, for close to 60 years. It was uh, a night for the statisticians as Joe Gomez captained the side and uh, for the first time since uh, he moved from Charlton way back in the summer of 2015. But uh, overall, it was a, an almost perfect night, night to work for Jürgen Klopp. Uh, Naby Keita, he excelled in the first half but didn't make it up for the second half. Tyler Morton come on in his place. Uh, no suggestion at the moment that um, there is an injury. Um, some rumours of a car problem at Jürgen Klopp is yet to confirm that. He will, of course, keep you updated on the Echo website for that. And it wouldn't be any great surprise if um, we saw Cater pull up. It's been a pretty much the tale of how his Liverpool career has gone. A promising start and then curtailed by injury. So we will await further diagnosis from Jürgen Klopp on that. But uh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, he also turned in a good performance in midfield. And uh, generally there wasn't too much for Jürgen Klopp to grumble at at all so uh, they move into the uh, fourth round of the cup as you say uh, ultimately a comfortable game they put up scored three goals now for the fourth time in a row it's now 12-2 um, on aggregate across those four games against their leads AC Milan Crystal Palace and this evening um, 19 changes in total in the last three games and whoever said that Liverpool are, are light uh, for their squad uh, might uh, be backtracking on those claims as it stands Liverpool as you say Top in the Premier League alongside Chelsea, they're into the fourth round of the cup and um, attention turns to uh, Saturday's trip to Brentford. Now it's finished here at Carroll Road, Norwich nil, Liverpool 3. Paul Gorse reporting for the Echo from Carrow Road. Plenty more reaction across on the Liverpool Echo website, including Ian Doyle's player ratings as well as Gorsty's verdict. Takumi Minamino, though, with a brace and Divock Origi also getting himself back on the score sheet. Good to see that for him. Well, let's now hear from the Liverpool manager, Jurgen Klopp, who's been speaking in his press conference after the game. When we spoke after the league game, we said it was a close to a perfect day. Was that the same again? No, but um, for good reasons. So it's not possible to be a perfect day today because um, uh, we had to make too many changes um, to have uh, to have natural solutions for the problem we will have on the game. They were clear. So um, we started really well. I like that. Really aggressive, um, really lively. But then 
you could see that we didn't train that, obviously, because we had to make a lot of decisions really late. Um, but um, the last line and the goalie saved us in these moments um, with speed, good challenges and stuff like that. So there was not really something in for, for Norwich. We scored a goal, really good goal again after set piece, second ball, massive. Um, Half time we had to change because Nabi had kicked the obviously in the grass, little capsular thing. I mean, we are we are not too concerned. Um, but had to change. And um with Curtis in the half space and Tyler um on on six, it looked much more natural immediately. So the boys then um passed quicker, um passed smarter, um, and we changed then Oxley a little bit high on the pitch, left wing, Taki, who was obviously in a really good shape. More in the center, half spaces. Um, so Ox could use his speed. And Taki connected the game together with Tyler and Curtis. So that was all good. Um, scored second and third goal and controlled the game. And that was absolutely brilliant. The kids did exceptionally well. So I have to say, all three physically really strong. That's maybe the biggest surprise that they could go 94 or five minutes. Um, and really happy for them. It was a big, was a big one for the boys. Thank you, Neil. We'll go to James Pierce. James? Hi, Jürgen. Um, what, what, what will those goals tonight do for Taki Minamino? Well, it's just a, it's just a logical thing um, because in a really good moment, he's, I know he didn't play too much, but in a wrong moment, he was injured, coming back, um, stuff like this. It's sometimes not so easy, but he's a top character, obviously, and um, enjoyed the game tonight. And that was important for him and important for us. So, yes, that will help him. And helped us. Yeah, and just obviously, there's been a big focus on whether you do have sufficient depth in the front line for for the season ahead. We've seen Rigi step up and Minamino tonight. Does that give you great belief that you do have enough in that department? I I was never in doubt about that. So we said that before. So Bobby's trained yesterday, first time parts with the team, so he will back will be back not too. Uh, it's not too far away when he will play again. So, yeah, we have that now. We have obviously um, already two midfielders out. We should make sure that that's not that that, does, that that number doesn't get bigger and all these kind of things. So, the start of the season, obviously, so far was good for the whole squad. Um, and But it's only the start and uh, a lot more to come. Final two questions. We've got Hideo, uh, who we can on now, and, uh, and, then, and then we'll go to Mike Bolters to finish. Hideo. Hi, Jürgen. Hi, Hideo. Hi. Uh, can I just ask uh, the reason you switched this position to midfield and, and also um, how he's been training for the last month? Because obviously it must have been quite you know, frustrating for him. I'm not sure it was frustrating. Uh, footballer wants to play, that's clear. That didn't happen too often. He was with the national team, um, got injured there, came back, was not fit immediately, became fit when he was, since he's back. So it's now not that that he didn't play uh, for 16 weeks or whatever. It was now the time after the injury. Other players need time as well to get back on track after an injury. But Taki is in a really good moment, trained really well and deserved his two goals. Uh, the first one, really good awareness, quick in mind, finished the situation off. The second one, I didn't really see 100%, but the, the acceleration in the box uh, in the short, small space was really good. And he was he was in preseason really good. Then... He started, then he got injured, and now um, the rest of the season starts. So uh, nobody has to worry. Taki will be fine.
Can I just ask why you switched him to midfield in the second? Oh yeah, because we needed we wanted him as a, we wanted him as a footballer in midfield because like he looked really strong today and we didn't uh, we didn't use these half spaces enough so we put him out and we wanted then Oxley with a bit more freedom on the left wing. That was the reason. So just that he can connect the game. Tuck is a smart player. He can play different positions. And, um, that's that what's the reason. Fantastic. Final question of the night, then Mike Walters to finish off for us. Mike. You're going to um, mention that the three kids all did great. What does it say about a 16-year-old boy like Gordon who can come on and play the way he did with such authority in the second half? He's 16 years old for crying out loud. <laughs> Yeah, he's good. That's what it says about him. He's good. Um, and a lot of things to improve, a lot of things to um, to settle, a lot of things to learn. But um, there's already a lot of things already there. We are really happy to have him around. And um, yeah, we will um, treat him carefully. Let me say like this, but I'm really happy that he's here. He's a big talent. But um, Conor Bradley, first, Northern Irish player since 1954. Um, somebody should have told me that before, then I would have brought him probably earlier. Um, but played a super game, and Tyler really as well. I have to say, I'm really happy for the boys. It was a big one for all three. The first thing Kate after the game said to me when I wanted to say congratulations, he said, Thank you. I had nothing to thank for. You deserved it. It's all fine. These boys are good, and thank God they're ours. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 3-0 win at Carrow Road in the Carabao Cup against Norwich. Uh, Good victory and nice to see us progress in this tournament. It would be lovely to think that maybe we can go all the way. Who knows? Um, The starting lineup, I think, pretty much as you'd expect it to be. Although there was one... Really, for me, glaring omission. I was very surprised that Nat Phillips wasn't included in the starting lineup. Indeed, he didn't even get a look in. He was on the bench but didn't come on. Found that rather surprising. But the conclusions that I draw from that are that Jurgen is focusing on his four central defenders and he's going to rotate a lot. And that means that they need to be kept in the swing of things. There's no point bringing in a central defender in particular into the lineup when you know he hasn't played for several weeks because you know you need a little bit of rhythm it's a very important position and if he is going to rotate as much as the first few weeks of the season indicate that he might then they need those four guys they need to be kept fresh they need to be kept in the loop and uh, I think that's the only the only reason I can think of that Jürgen might have overlooked Nat Phillips and instead played Gomez and Konate as he did. Um, I thought Nabi was uh, a little bit unfamiliar with that position in the, the holding role in midfield. He likes to run with the ball at his feet and that position doesn't really provide him with that opportunity. He's, uh, he's just got to move the ball about and usually he's a quite assured passer of the ball but... I'm not sure that he was in tip-top shape today. Um, And I think Oxlade-Chamberlain got better as the game went on, but also didn't really impress in a a significant way. Two young fellas that did, though, uh, Bradley and Gordon, I thought were very, very comfortable on the ball. Um, 
certainly not lacking in confidence. And I think you have to give credit to Jurgen Klopp because he and the other backroom staff must have put them in a frame of mind where they figured they could go out and express themselves without fear. And I think that's testament to the way that the coaching staff prepare the youngsters and probably all players as well um, as they move into to games like this. And I thought those two really took to the stage well and did themselves a great deal of justice. Kelleher in goal in particular, um, once again impressed, saving the penalty obviously, which came at a crucial time in terms of the end result. But he also played that sweeper-keeper role in the first half in particular. Um, very, very uh, alert to um, danger and he came off his line, used his head a couple of times, did a good job there. Taki Minamino finished very smartly and I think a reminder to us all what he can do if he's put in a position where he can have an effect on the game. Finished very well. Uh, for both for both of those goals, I think Div was Div <laughs> um, finished his goal for his goal nicely, didn't he? Got up there and directed the header very well, and he's he's awkward on the left hand side in particular, isn't he? Um, players are reluctant to dive in because he's got a little bit of trickery there. Uh, got the ball across once or twice in uh, in impressive fashion. I think we can't expect so much from Divock Origi. Uh, we we know what he's about. He can do, he can do some, he can do some fabulous things, and he can, he can do some not so fabulous things at times. But he does get on the score sheet, does score important goals, and I think still, still quite satisfied to have him in and around the squad where he can cause damage when needed. Just a final word on Andy Robertson. I always I always think of him back of my mind. The way I characterise Andy Robert Robertson is the sort of young whippersnapper. Lots of energy, because he's not so young anymore, 27, very much at the peak of his career. But he's, he's also now, I think, developed that maturity where he can be a genuine leader in the side. Obviously, captain of Scotland, but he came on, I think, the purpose of him coming on for this particular game, when he did, was to just manage the game. We were in front, we didn't want to concede any silly goals, keeping a clean sheet and make sure that we could uh, get through this victory uh, and into the next round. And I think he came on and showed quite a lot of maturity and calmness, defensively did very well. And uh, it's good that we, we're seeing Andy Robertson, yeah, I think mature is the right word, mature into a player that is ultimately very, very reliable and a senior member of the squad now, who's becoming something of a leader. So good result for Liverpool, plenty more to come, I think. At Galasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. Norwich nil, Liverpool three. Um, on a personal note, I absolutely thoroughly enjoy these sort of games where you can just see a bit of squad rotation. You can see some of the young lads come in and mix it up. And I always enjoy that sort of aspect of these games. And I know sometimes it's a bit of a, a hard watch to watch these games against lesser oppositions. But I suppose just touch on the opposition to begin with. I think we knew going into this that Norwich, they're pretty turgid. Um, you know, they try and play an attractive style of football, but it's not very clinical. So maybe it was um good opposition to have the starting eleven that we did tonight. Um, looking at the starting eleven, um, in terms of performance, Kelleher, exceptional again, uh, especially that first half, you know, when he was called upon, I bet he had about um 
four headers in the space of 10 minutes there looking like uh, he's in the mould of Allison. So I thought he was superb. He always looks really confident. Um, I was really impressed with uh, Connor Bradley. I've got to admit, I haven't seen too much of him prior to this game, but he really impressed me. Um, he's got a bit of everything about him. You know, he's quite physical, uh, aggressive with his play. Um, he wants to get forward. So, you know, he looks like a he looks like a good prospect going forwards. Um, Canati and Gomez at the back. Canati, yeah, he looked good. You know, he's it's gone more minutes in the tank for him. Um, and Gomez, what I thought was really interesting tonight um, was Gomez being captain. I think that's a really clever move by the coaching staff and Klopp there. Um, because I think, you know, getting him experience and in terms of leadership um, at such a young age, a centre-half, I think that's a really clever move by the staff there tonight. So I was really impressed with his performance. Um, Simicast too, obviously uh, Andy Robertson comes on. Both have good games. Uh, midfield, um, Keita, yeah, I, I was, I would like to say that the game passed him by. But, um, you know, he didn't really do too much, but nothing too wrong. So, um, Oxlade-Chamberlain, I suppose you can maybe say the same for him too. Um, Minamino, I was really impressed with. Obviously, he gets both of his goals, takes them both really well as well, um, especially the first one uh, with the Megs. Um, and the second one, uh, 75th minute, I think it was. He took that goal really well, uh, delayed it nicely. So, you know, there's definitely a player there with Minamino. I, I'm not in the sort of camp of writing him off yet. Uh, there's definitely something there. It's just trying to get the best out of him. Um, Origi, um, it's almost like the uh, the um, evolution of Origi again. He's starting to come around and start to fill you with confidence when you've lost a bit of confidence in him. Um, but, you know, last couple of games, couple of goals, couple of assists, you know, that's what you want off your... Uh, off your striker off the bench and you know hopefully we can see that carry on going forward uh, a bit of impact off the bench for Marigi. um who else was i really impressed with uh kate gordon yeah superb um obviously a lot of hype going up to this game we we had a feeling that he'd start um and i don't think he i don't think he um did himself you know any any worries in future games there you know i i would love to see him coming off the bench and making an impact um, almost in not not necessarily a Harvey Elliott uh, mold there, but he's definitely got a change of pace that I really liked. Um, you know, he would he he would have a slow approach to to a defender, and then his pace. You know, it, it, he he was quite explosive uh, in that style. So no, he really impressed me. Um, come off the bench, I, I I was really impressed with um with Morton when he came off the bench, the midfielder. He looks a nice, calm, composed player um and he really impressed me too um moments of the game i don't think you can look past the uh the away fans uh, singing to to the norwich fans about louis suarez getting the chant going i think that was superb um man of the match tough one um obviously minamino gets his goals but i was really impressed with um, Bradley, and I think in these sort of games, you've got to give it to the young lads, and you, you know, they're the ones that you really, you hope they do well. Uh, the local lads as well, you know, you you really hope they do, and then when they do perform, you know, it it make it does um it does give you a a good burst of energy as a fan, you know, going forward and seeing how we might play different league games who we get in the next fixture, you know, I, I'd love to see those lads come and play again, um, and it's it's really bright future with those lads so 
no, really impressed. Um, it's good to rest our starting eleven as well. Um, going into the next games, just before I go, I probably would mention Curtis Jones as well. I was just thinking, then who have I missed out? Thought he was superb. Um, I suppose he is such a young lad. Still, be almost forget how young he really is, but he's playing like one of the uh, like one of the seniors. So I think that probably says all the credit that you need to give to him. So great result. Um, on to Brentford for the weekend. Hopefully, we can keep the league form going. And yeah, superb result. Mike Holt following on there from Steve Dawson here on Post Game and pleased with what he saw from the Reds youngsters given their chance today with Connor Bradley, Kai Gordon and Tyler Morton all given their senior debuts. On that theme, let's gauge the view over in the Blood Red podcast Facebook group. Paul Tacey writes, Tyler Morton, take a bow. Outstanding second half. You'll never walk alone. David Allen says, lots of positives from tonight. A couple of goals for Tacky. Great to see a few come in from the academy. Tyler Morton really impressed me and some valuable rest time for some of the first teamers. A great night all round. And Alex Fogarty says, confident display by the team tonight. Comfortable enough win with yet another clean sheet. Minamino and Origi took their chance as well and will be better for the competitive minutes. Jones and Gomez worked their socks off and showed great leadership qualities all night. Special shout out for Kelleher with a great array of kickouts and a penalty save. The future is bright. You'll never walk alone. Well, for more in the Blood Red podcast Facebook group, or if you want to feature yourself here on Postgame, follow the link in the description of the podcast or head to Facebook yourself and simply search for Blood Red. And once you're in our group, you may well get your views aired, as I say, here on Postgame. Well, final say on the latest edition of the pod comes from Mark Baker. Really big performances from, from Liverpool this week, especially in terms of results, I'd say, because in the context of a week in which they played three games in a week last week, to come away with a positive result against Crystal Palace, I felt was huge on Saturday for the momentum. And also with the games that Liverpool have early on the season, I think it's really important to amass an amount of points which give them a good building block for the rest of the season. Obviously, that carried on with a a comfortable cup win against Norwich City in the Carabao Cup as well. But I felt I'd start with Crystal Palace, which was obviously the bigger result. And obviously Liverpool come away with a 3-0 win, did flatter them, there's no question about that. I felt it was a really difficult game for Liverpool. You have to factor in, like I said, that they've had three games in a week. Crystal Palace have had the whole week to prepare and they are a dangerous side, especially with Wilfred Zahar in the side who... You'd probably put him in the bracket of Wilfred Zahara, Dama Triori, Alan St. Maximum at Newcastle, who are players who are a real handful 1v1. And and that's the way that I'd used to describe them, really, a handful. They don't always make the most of the positions they get into. However, they are players who can cause considerable damage to your team, especially on the counter-attack. And Liverpool went into the fixture without Trent Alexander-Arnold. I, messaged, I mentioned last week, sorry, that... I felt it would be big how Liverpool manage Alexander-Arnold. And it always has been, really, since he broke into the team. But as he's got even more and more important uh, to Liverpool in creative terms and on the ball, and also, like I've mentioned before, he's a much better defender than people give him credit for. And Liverpool have no one of comparable player profile to replace him in the squad. I think it was really going to be interesting in the games Liverpool choose to to rest him or without him, as in this case, because he was ill. And obviously, James Milner came into the side did well in general. Um, I, I do believe that sometimes uh, results can cloud judgments on how well players have done. And as much as Milner was very good in terms of, I felt he was aggressive, I felt he used the ball well at times in the final third, he did lose 
the Crystal Palace centre forward at the back post at a key stage in the game in the second half and a better touch in Liverpool and it should have been a goal there's no question about that it was a poor touch then Liverpool are at 1-1 and you, you're talking about well you know you've you've cost yourself there because Milner hasn't took round enough uh, to his right centre half who both centre halves were occupied by two centre forwards and then the player came in at the back post and it was a positional error by Milner so I never get clouded in terms of the overall uh, rating of a player or judgment of a player just based on the results and I think sometimes it can happen uh, I'll give you another one obviously Ibrahima Kanati came in and in general he did well there's no question he's playing his first game always going to be nervous against a, a dangerous counter-attack inside but the idea that he performed brilliantly I think in some quarters was sort of the the general consensus I thought that was way off the mark really I felt he, he looked nervous at times on the ball and committed a challenge in the penalty area against Sahar, which I wouldn't like to see made very often in terms of, I felt there was contact, I felt a different referee on a different day makes a different decision. And that's something that Liverpool defenders in general do really, really well, is they don't commit silly fouls, they don't allow contact in the penalty area, and they see to shepherd players out of that area. And I just felt there was a bit too much contact, and at times I felt he got himself into, into positions in which he was able to just about recover, but yet was stretched to the maximum and wasn't totally in tune with the rest of his team, which, listen, you know it's going to happen. Just on that, about making challenges in the penalty area again, Costa Simakas, I think he's done really well the last few weeks in that. Obviously, I'll go on to Norwich in a minute. But again, I felt he did really well against Crystal Palace. But what I would say, again, I'm not clouded by the results. There was a penalty that he should have given away within the game, a trip very clumsy, very lazy, and again, just something to make a note of because on another day, it could be um, a lot different in the case of, of the outcome of the referee's decision. So plenty of things to work on for Liverpool, but in the end, managed to, to get the job done, and I think it's a big three points, really. So fast forward on to the Norwich City game, and it's always difficult, I always feel, in these Carabao Cup ties. I think I mentioned last week in terms of Divock Origi, I mean... Origi, when he plays for Liverpool, mostly plays in these Carabao Cup ties in much-changed sides and then coming on as an impact substitute. Now, for as much as people can have a view on Origi and say you know, how, how they believe he is or isn't good enough to play for Liverpool in some capacity, I don't think any player would fare very well in them sort of circumstances. And it's always difficult, I suppose, to, to judge players based on such a patched-up and different team who've probably never played together before. But I feel that what players can do in these kind of games, they can stamp their authority in the way that they are able to manipulate the ball, their stature on the pitch. And the way sometimes you look at these games and you'll see players within them in much-changed lineups, which is a mixture of squad players and youth team players, and they just stand apart in the way they uh, receive the ball and their personality on the pitch. And I felt Liverpool, in that sense, Curtis Jones for Liverpool was by far the best technical player on the field. Every time he got the ball, he looked assured. He looked like a seasoned professional in the way he used it in his decision-making. And I really rate Curtis Jones, and I think he's going to have a, a really big part to play in Liverpool's season. Again, it's a really interesting one in terms of how Klopp uses him, because he seems to have fell a little bit down the pecking order towards the back end of last season. But I know he's a player who's very highly rated, and I would like to see him. I feel, just to interrupt myself really but I feel he's got more to offer as well in the final third I feel like we're only seeing a glimpse of what he could actually 
his potential. And yeah, I feel that he is more than a contender to play in that midfield three. On the other side of things, obviously you had Oxlade-Chamberlain playing in a position who didn't stand out whatsoever in, in that respect in terms of the authority he showed on the pitch, his decision-making and technical decisions, technical manipulation of the football. I felt he was below that level. Um, it showed maybe two players who were heading slightly different trajectories in terms of their status within the squad and, and how potentially they may be used this season consistently. The other players I felt to stand out for Liverpool were the left-back, as I just mentioned before, Simakas. I felt he was very good in this game. Excellent crosser of a ball and is really looking like an excellent excellent addition and option at left-back. And that was much needed for the amount of football that Andy Robertson's played in this season. Obviously, Minamino looking sharp at the top end of the pitch. And to be fair, all the opportunities Minamino's got at Liverpool in the last few months, he's actually taken in terms of productivity. Now, whether or not he's got the kind of profile that fits into the wide attacking roles for Liverpool or to play as that central player in the forward line, or he is always going to be seen as that sort of backup um, little-used squad player, because he can be a very, very good player for Liverpool. I mean, Minamino, no doubt, is a very good Premier League player, but that's just that different level, isn't it, to be a regular Liverpool and to be consistently in the manager's mind, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, I felt in general, obviously, important for Liverpool to get minutes in, in players' legs. I felt, obviously, Gomez came back in and did did well. I think he is, from his performances, for me, I mean, I always rate Joe Gomez. I think he's a fantastic player, fantastic defender. And there's no question for me, looking at the performances over the last few weeks and in general, that there is a, a, a pecking order that the family sees Canate in at that fourth spot at this moment in time. Obviously, he's got massive potential to, to uh, go forward in the future in terms of that. Uh, just a final words, really, on the goalkeeper. I felt he could have done slightly better in terms of handling the ball for the, the penalty that was given. But in general, I just wanted to make a point about the goalkeeper because I think he's been a real positive for Liverpool since he's been the backup goalkeeper. Great hands in terms of, you know, I'm, I'm talking about he made a slight handle in error, so I'm probably contradicting myself today in terms of the penalty. But in general, everything sticks. Everything's calm, everything's composed, very good on the ball. I think he's an excellent backup goalkeeper. And someone who just exudes a, a nice calm authority when I watch him and an assurance about how he goes about things and that touches back on what I talked about before that the ones who are more assured the players who stand out in these circumstances amongst a mixture of players or a mismatched team are the ones you really look at as being the ones that the manager would lean on towards um, throughout the season really so that was my big thoughts on the, on the two games anyway Two for the price of one there from Mark rounding things off here on post game. Don't say we don't offer you value here on Blood Red. Anyway, the Reds flying through to the fourth round of the Carabao Cup after seeing off the Canaries. Make sure you catch this week's Analyzing Anfield, which will be with you on Thursday afternoon ahead of the visit to Brentford with Liverpool looking to avoid a sting in the tail after back-to-back 3-0 wins. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.